the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Happy anniversary! Do you know where you were three years ago today, March 16th, 2020? You were probably sitting in front of your TV waiting to hear how the government was going to save you from the deadly coronavirus, which you may have never heard of before, COVID-19. And it was three years ago today that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burke, remember her with the scarves, held a press conference with President Trump, and they announced that everything was going to be locked down. Well, do yourself a favor and try to find the video on DuckDuckGo or Google. I try not to use Google, but try to find it. I would play it uh, here to let you hear what they were saying, except that radio just doesn't do it justice because you have to see Dr. Burke with a big smile on her face, turning it over to Dr. Fauci, who comes in holding up a piece of paper with the, uh, I guess, the the lockdown uh, instructions on it and announcing that there will be no gatherings, no public events, schools would be closed, no theaters, no churches, you remember. And you had to really, you had to see the looks on their faces. They were smiling. They thought it was just wonderful that they had taken control of this thing. And it was at this time that, uh, you remember, Governor Wolf and your Aunt Rachel Levine were moving infected people into nursing homes, except for Aunt Rachel's uh, mother, so that they could die there, but not before infecting thousands of other senior citizens who were already in there. Ten days after that, I saw an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal by a guy named Jay Bhattacharya. And the headline was, Is the Coronavirus as Deadly as They Say?, Those are the kinds of things that attract my attention, especially for purposes of this radio show, people pushing against the grain. I like just the headline. So anyway, very few people had ever heard of Jay at that point. He was called a fringe epidemiologist by the evil Dr. Fauci. And when he said that it would make a lot more sense to focus on protecting the vulnerable and not locking down the rest of the world. He's been vindicated, and Dr. Fauci is out there still trying to get people to believe the virus came from a bat and he saved the world. But we had Jay on the show three years ago next week, I guess, or 26 of this month. And Jay Bhattacharya has become a well-known voice after being banned, censored by just about every uh, social media platform. He's also looking more and more like one of the few people who had the right idea and the guts to keep pushing back. Well, when we come back from this break, we are going to have Jay here, and I'm sure you've seen him plenty of times on Fox and other places. We'll have Jay here to talk about how he's celebrating the third anniversary, how it feels to be back from the fringe, and in our second half hour, Pennsylvania has had a problem with non-citizens voting for a long time, and Democrats seem to be pretty shy about discussing it. Stick around. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. 
Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to Pure Talk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data... You can get that and still save a fortune. So make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys, but at half the price. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code half off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code half off. Switch to Pure Talk and get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishment, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm. We'll treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at one 800 tax 1176 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, as I mentioned in the opening of the show uh, today, it's the third anniversary of the beginning of the COVID-19 lockdowns. Uh, the video of the press conference that day shows Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burke beside themselves with glee when they were making the announcement. It's pretty disturbing, actually, to see them. Uh, from the beginning, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, a professor of medicine at Stanford, was opposed to the lockdowns, and he took a lot of heat for it. And he joins us now. Jay, thanks for coming on the show again. Well, thank you, John, for having me. So I called you to be on the show. I looked it up uh, back on March 26, 2020, because you wrote an op-ed with the headline, quote, Is the coronavirus as deadly as they say, unquote? What's the answer to that question now, Jay? <laughs> well, I mean, what, back then what people were saying is that it was a 3 or 4% mortality. That's what the World Health Organization told the public, scaring the living daylights out of everybody. Um, and it, the evidence since, in, from, especially in 2020, is that uh, from, from a huge number of studies, is that it's something like 0.2% mortality. So r- rather than 3%, it's 10 to 15 times lower than was originally estimated. And now that the entire population almost has immunity, either through infection or uh, and recovery or through the vaccine or both, um, the, it's much less dangerous than it was even then. I mean, that's why the emergency can end is because it, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't like the worst it wasn't Ebola back then, thank God. Um, uh, and now it's even less dangerous than it was then. <clears throat> well, you took a lot of criticism. You were banned, censored, uh, canceled for a long time. I thought it'd be interesting to see what Wikipedia says about you right now. I don't know if you've ever looked at this. 
But it, it said, uh, among other things, it says Bonacharya is opposed to lockdowns and mask mandates as a response to the COVID-19 pandemic. With Martin Koldorf and Sunotra Gupta, he was a co-author in 2020 of the Great Barrington Declaration, which ad- advocated lifting COVID-19 restrictions on lower-risk groups to develop herd immunity through infection. Infection. And here's my best part. It says, while promoting the false promise that vulnerable people could be protected from the virus. Uh, has it been pretty well established now that prior infection is better at preventing COVID than the vaccine? I mean, you know, you don't even need to go that far. All you have to know is that it does actually provide substantial protection against against uh, both reinfection until there's a new variant and also that uh, against severe disease, even after the new variant on reinfection. I mean, I think that the problem here is like you had the entire uh, public health sort of uh, leadership lined up behind the false idea that lockdowns could protect the vulnerable. And as a result of that, they didn't think creatively how best to do it. And it failed. They're, the lockdowns that, that the public health establishment, people like Tony Fauci pushed, ended up killing you know, a million or more Americans, uh, uh, you know, millions of people worldwide, and 70 to 80% of the deaths are people over the age of 65. How well did the lockdowns actually do in protecting the vulnerable? Imagine if we'd actually said, let's, oh yeah, look, it's older people that are really at high risk. How do we protect them? We would never, uh, Andrew Cuomo would never have sent COVID-infected patients back to nursing homes if that was the main principle of, what, uh, of how to manage the pandemic. We would have thought much more creatively about how to protect the vulnerable while we, we developed a, you know, while we developed a vaccine and therapeutics and so on, um, providing resources. You know, we, we sent people, uh, elderly, older workers, 60, 65 high-risk people, we call them essential and sent them into the workforce instead of providing some, some sabbatical leave while the disease was spreading early. Uh, I mean, we just did everything wrong, John, and it's, it's just heartbreaking to watch the public health establishment try to pretend like somehow they could have, if only we'd locked down harder, we would have done, done well. How much uh, have the, the, the people in the health, uh, you know, the, the, the health community, the, the, the leadership that you were talking about, how much um, humility are they showing at this point, if at all? when it comes to facing the fact that they were wrong a lot? I mean, it's, uh, unfortunately, I think not, not, not nearly enough. Um, I, I think that the key thing, John, is what I would like to see is, a, uh, is an, an honest evaluation of the, of the pandemic response uh, conducted by a bipartisan, independent body. You know, remember like after the Challenger disaster in 1986 where the space shuttle blew up, Congress actually commissioned a, 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 a scientifically-minded commission. There was that famous incident where Richard Feynman, the Nobel Prize-winning physicist, dips the O-ring in the cold glass of water, and it shatters, proving that that was what caused it. That led to a huge range of reforms within NASA. We need something like that. Uh, I mean, if public health isn't going to do it by itself. The, the, the people who were the architects of this policy they don't want to let go of the idea that they did the right thing, even though it's such a self-evident failure. You know, millions of kids didn't get to go to school for a year and a half uh, or longer. Uh, so many people lost their livelihoods. As a, uh, So many people were failed, weren't protected by the measures, were harmed by the lockdowns. We need an honest commission to actually ask the hard questions. Did we do the right thing? What was known at the time? What could have we done better? And then make the reforms that are necessary to uh, to, to fix it. That's that's what I think should happen next. And I think it was you and, and other people that you were associated with who said that there's no uh, there's no history of a lockdown ever working before where you quarantine the people who don't have the disease yet. Yeah, I mean, there's just it, it's it's unprecedented history to do that over such a long extended period of time. Certainly, uh, it, I mean, I, and I think the the problem is that it that itself causes huge negative consequences like think about i think about the uh the psychological harms we did to the people to, to people is it's not there's no accident that we're seeing this huge rise in deaths from drug overdoses uh, even the economic harms you know look look at look at these banks failing the banks are failing because we printed trillions of dollars uh that we didn't really have and as a consequence we have this inflation that led to the fed ch- changing its interest rates policies and now the banks are failing um the 
the key event was the lockdown that led to all of that. It was unnecessary. Instead, a focused protection approach would have saved so much economic harm, so much human health harm. Uh, it, was, it would have avoided so much harm to children, poor, working-class people. But instead, and that's the same policy we adopted for a century of respiratory virus pandemics, focused well, protection of vulnerable people. Here's the thing, though. Um, Dr. Fauci had been around... Uh, for a hundred years uh, working in this, he'd been in that position for like 40 years as the head of the uh, CDC or whatever it was. He was uh, he had the highest paid, uh, high, highest paying job in the federal government for a while there. Um, what would have possessed people like him and the people surrounding him and encouraging him to believe that for the first time in history it would work? Uh, that's what I've never been able to understand. They're, what were they basing their decision on? I'm sad to say they were basing it on the Chinese example. There are emails from early in the pandemic where uh, the NIH, uh, in fact, Tony Fauci sent his aide, uh, Cliff Lane, who works for the NIH, on this junket to China that organized by the World Health Organization in, in January, February 2020. They came back from that junket essentially telling uh, the, the American government that what the Chinese did worked <laughs> and that we have to make a difficult choice. And so that's that's where it all came from. I've heard that uh, other places too. Uh, but again, uh, um, that's fine if they send me over there, and I come back with that with that um, you know uh, response. But these are these are people who've been around uh, disease all their lives and have studied this. What made them? What would, could make them think that the Chinese had the right idea? What was going on over there? That did it fool them, or did they were they just? Um, impressed by the power of the government, or what could what could they have seen over there that impressed them? I mean, I, th I think that they were looking at, at case numbers and say, okay, well, look, the case numbers came down in China after they imposed this draconian lockdown. Well, we can do that too. We can get rid of we can get rid of the cases or, or remove the case, case numbers down by imposing our own draconian lockdown. Um, the the problem was like. The expertise was so narrow, John. You had people who were infectious disease epidemiologists, fine. But where were the child psychologists? Where were the educators? Where were the economists? Where were the, the, the sociologists? Uh, for that matter, where were the theologians and philosophers? Where were the, where, they, they were nowhere to be seen in these decisions. And yet the decision to lock down had so many consequences on the whole population in such a deep way. I think leading to many, many, many more deaths than were saved by the lockdown by by or, order of magnitude. If you if you count for the global effects on 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 famine and and on 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 um, poverty, it, well, like where were those people at the table? You had a very narrow range of expertise at the table making decisions that that had consequences of the world. Why were so many people so eager to believe the absolute worst about the disease? Has that happened with another disease before? Where they they just threw their hands up and said, we're all going to die if we don't hide? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think you know, there's, some, there's something human about that, right? You have this unknown thing. I think in the early days of HIV, people often assume the worst of it. Um, uh, and, of course, it turned out to be quite bad in itself. Uh, but, but, the, but, the, um, uh, but, but the thing is, is like, you're, you know, you're allowed, something called the precautionary principle, you're allowed to assume the worst, mm -hmm. but you're not allowed to assume that the interventions you have will, will solve the worst or that they're, they're costless. Fine. You assume the worst about three, four percent mortality of this for this disease. That turned out to be off by a factor of fifteen, but whatever. You're allowed to assume that. You're not allowed to assume that the lockdowns are going to work to stop you from getting it uh, when they obviously wouldn't. Societies aren't structured for lockdowns to work, not for an extended period of time. Uh, but, uh, and then uh, you're not allowed to assume the lockdowns aren't going to have any harm. You still have to do cost-benefit analyses, which we didn't do. How did the Great Barrington Declaration come about? Uh, so it came about because I was talking with some of my uh, my uh, colleagues in infectious disease epidemiology and health policy, and we had realized that we, there were actually a lot of us that opposed the lockdowns. Just people weren't speaking up and talking about it. So uh, we got together in order to tell the public that, in fact, there was no scientific consensus about lockdowns. There were a lot of us that opposed it uh, in the scientific community. Um, that's, and that's, that was the main purpose, was to tell people that there was an alternate path and that the scientific community was not united behind Dr. Fauci's lockdowns. And what was the, the this wasn't uh, this didn't turn out to be just a few doctors. This, how many people were in, were had signed on to that? Well, tens of thousands of doctors and, and scientists and epidemiologists signed on to it, as did almost a million regular people. Um, 
in fact, people can still sign it if they like. You know, it's a, I, I have this. Um, anyways, it's 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 still available. The key yeah. the key thing though is not the, the number of signatures. The key thing is that there was this idea at, abroad in the scientific community and the public at large, this common sense approach: let's protect vulnerable people. Let's let's not harm children by locking them out of school for two years. Um, that common sense approach was the standard approach before the pandemic to respiratory virus pandemics. Um, and uh, it still had substantial, I think actually, if we look, I look back, it probably had majority support even then. And yet what the, our public health authorities like Tony Fauci did is he, he, he and uh, used his authority and, and his sway with the press to try to fool the public into thinking that there was a consensus behind his ideas, his lockdowns. Um, it was cr- to create this illusion of consensus that never actually existed in the scientific community. And so what have you learned from some of the uh, Twitter files that have uh, shown those emails from Dr. Fauci, including him referring to you and other doctors as fringe? You, are, <laughs> you guys are on the fringe. Uh, I mean, I think that the thing is, is like, it's, it's just laughable that it's, that's an abuse of power, right? He sits on top of tens of billions of dollars of, of, uh, he, he and Francis Collins, his boss of the head of the United States on top of tens of billions of dollars of money that um, goes to scientific work in the United States, the scientists. It also, it, it, it's not just that, that you funds the science. It also creates social status. Uh, if you get NIH funding, well, I mean, that's a big feather in your cap as a scientist. So he has tremendous power to silence scientists when he says, oh, these guys are fringe because they have these ideas. Essentially saying to other scientists, don't, don't think about, don't, don't do that or your career might be in threat. That's the implicit thing when they, when they write things like fringe for a Stanford, uh, you know, Stanford professor, Harvard professor, Oxford professor. Um, and so they, it was an abuse of power to create an illusion of consensus. That, that's what that email shows. And what was the degree to which you were banned, uh, canceled, and deplatformed and everything else that happened to you? And, and, and well, the, the Great Barrington Declaration, I guess, too. Yeah, I mean, from almost from the beginning, we saw social media suppress it. You read Wikipedia. I mean, there was, there was a campaign, yeah. uh, I think, instigated by uh, this kind of invective. Um, to, to demonize us, to marginalize us. Uh, it, it, I started getting e- uh, questions from reporters almost immediately asking why I want to let the virus rip when, in fact, what I want to do is protect vulnerable older people better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was, it was just a, it was a, it was a campaign to demonize us because it was dangerous for the public to know that there were prominent scientists, reputable scientists who disagree with Tony Fauci. Um, on, on the lockdowns and much else that was, that was, and, and I started getting hate mail. I started getting, you know, death threats. Um, it was, it was really, uh, you know, for almost a, a full year or more after the great pension declaration, 2020, 2021. Um, it was, it was really hard, but, but I think, um, uh, the government also played a role in suppressing in the social media censorship. I was put on a Twitter blacklist one of the first day I joined in late 2021, um, where my tweets I mean, I would think I was doing fine to, with my followers, but it could never, ever go viral. So regular, other people wouldn't have no chance of seeing my tweets. I just joined to tell the public about the Great Barrington Declaration, about these focused protection ideas, about the science that there actually are alternatives to lockdowns. Um, it, uh, what we found actually through this lawsuit that I'm participating with brought by the Missouri and Louisiana Attorney General's offices against the Biden administration is that there were a dozen federal agencies involved in suppression of these ideas telling social media companies what to censor and often who to censor. Uh, it was a direct violation of, of my First Amendment rights. But more importantly, it was a violation of the rights of the American public to hear that there was all, these alternate views out there that would have done uh, that, that would have managed the pandemic better, that might have saved a lot of grief and a lot of lives had we followed it. How will history judge Dr. Fauci? I, I think it will judge him as a grand failure. I think his pandemic management is going to, in retrospect, will look back as a as a uh, what not to do kind of kind of kind of book. If you're if you're if you look back and, and honestly ask, did he give advice that that secured the health and well being of, of the American people? The answer to that question, I think, is a resounding no. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it gives me no happiness to say this. I once admired the man. I still have on my, te- on my shelf a textbook that he edited um, uh, where, from which I learned uh, internal medicine. Uh, so I, I, I think he is, it's, an, it's, a, it's an example of somebody who really is a, a brilliant man, but who let hubris get the better of him, and they didn't let other ideas uh, contradict him uh, at the critical moment in his life when he should have let that happen. 
Well, hey, Jay, I'm, I'm glad we had you on early on, and uh, you've been uh, really nice to come on the show multiple times. I'm glad to have you on on this strange uh, third anniversary, but, but thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. John, I'm grateful to you. Thank you so much. Okay, that's Jay, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, professor of medicine at Stanford. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Correspondent Sean Murphy reports that a legal challenge presented before a conservative judge in Amarillo, Texas yesterday could threaten regulators' approval of a drug that is used in abortion pills, the most common method in ending pregnancies in the U.S. This judge uh, in Amarillo, Texas, a federal district judge appointed by President Trump, heard arguments from the plaintiffs in the case, and they are a conservative Christian group, Alliance Defending Freedom. They argue that the FDA should withdraw its approval of this drug because the approval process was flawed and that the drug is more dangerous than the FDA has indicated. On Wall Street, stocks shook off an early stumble and have since gained ground. The Dow is up 280 points. The Nasdaq leading 246. This is SRN News. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over a million families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and The Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we're offering 50% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 50%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. AM 1250, the answer. Brandon Tatum, unafraid to tell it like it is. Is America a racist country? My personal belief with all that I have experienced, all the people that I know, being a police officer for several years, being an athlete, going to a university, primarily white, I do not believe that we live in a racist country. Is there people that are in this country that are racist? The answer would be yes. Let's talk about it more on the next Officer Tatum Show. The Officer Tatum Show. Later tonight at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS, almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cars would stop, the threats would stop. It was easy like, uh... One, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. 
Tonight will be cloudy with a couple of late night showers. Expect a nighttime low of 47. Tomorrow will be breezy with occasional rain and drizzle. Tomorrow's high 52. Breezy tomorrow evening, otherwise cloudy skies, the low 28. Saturday will be windy with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Saturday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I have serious doubts about who won Pennsylvania in the 2020 presidential election. And I'm not too sure about John Fetterman either, for that matter. Um, So how much confidence would you have if you thought 100,000 illegal aliens were registered to vote in Pennsylvania back then? J. Christian Adams is the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, and he joins us now. Christian, thanks for being here. Hey, John, thanks for having me. So let's start at the beginning. Who discovered these 100,000 illegal aliens were registered, and when did that happen? So this is a problem that goes back 25 years with PennDOT, and this is not subject to debate. This is not a, uh, you know, conspiracy theory. This is what the state admits is occurring and has admitted in court, and that is that PennDOT started in, like, the mid-'90s mistakenly registering uh, non-citizens, non-Americans, foreigners, uh, to register them to vote. They, there was no filter in place like there was all around the country, but not in Pennsylvania. So when you got registered to vote and you weren't a citizen, you were still getting, uh, or, or when you get your driver's license, you would still get registered to vote even when you weren't a citizen. So uh, an election official from Philadelphia, let's just call him Al, you can call him Al. He said there were 100,000. And since then, we filed a lawsuit in federal court. We started getting some records. It turns out there was probably fewer than 100,000, but still like five figures still on the voter rolls who are aliens. And guess what? Al is now the secretary of the Commonwealth. He's the guy who's running state elections in Pennsylvania. Al Schmidt, uh, the governor's appointee to run state elections, And Al now says, oh, there's nothing to see here. We're just not going to give you any records. We're not going to release the full information about the glitch. But, John, it's been going on for 25 years. It's still happening. But Al was was on the Philadelphia uh, City Council, or whatever they call it down there, um, and he raised this issue, and that's that's kind of where it started with him, and then now he's – uh, he, he's in the State Department, and the, and the State Department was notified, and he's, he's the one who's holding things up? Exactly. See, Al Schmidt, you're right, was an election official in Philadelphia. He was the Republican. Uh, in other words, he's now a Democrat. So he's sort of like, you know, you turn your coat inside out? Yeah, one of those. To yeah. change the, <laughs> one of those guys. And so Al, Al was the Philadelphia City election commissioner, and He's the one who said, hey, we got 100,000 foreigners on the voter rolls. Well, now uh, that he's Josh Shapiro, Secretary of the Commonwealth, the problem is not so urgent anymore, but it is urgent. We shouldn't have a system that hides, that conceals how the state screwed up, how Pennsylvania election officials screwed this up so badly. Who fixed it? We don't know. Who got paid to fix it? They won't tell us. Uh, how many aliens actually voted? They won't tell us that. So they're hiding all this information in Harrisburg. They admit there's a problem. For all you, you know, left-wingers listening to me, this is not a conspiracy theory. They admit they screwed this up. They just won't reveal the records on how, how bad it was. Are they giving a reason why they won't uh, release that information? And, and can, they, yeah. can they withhold it legally? Can't they be compelled? I guess that's what the lawsuit's about. Right. The court has already ruled they have to give it to us. We won the case, Public Interest Legal Foundation, versus at the time it was called Bookvar, who used to be the secretary. Uh, and the court has already ruled in our favor. But they're trying to hold up the disclosure of records saying that stuff's privileged. Here's what they did. When they learned they had this problem, when they learned they screwed up, okay, when the state of Pennsylvania learned they screwed up, in order to fix it, they set up a, law, a legal uh, group that had the attorney-client privilege, and they ran the fix, okay? They hid behind lawyer walls, 
and they allegedly fixed the problem of foreigners voting in Pennsylvania. But they, they, when they did this, they stopped everyone from checking their work. We couldn't see what they did to fix it because they set up lawyer walls. Uh, and so that's what Pennsylvania did. Instead of being transparent, they're hiding the ball. So um, they, everybody knew, uh, I, I, I'm assuming that they, meaning the, the state and the people who are refusing to disclose the information now, they knew that they screwed up and, and they knew that everybody in Pennsylvania politics knew that they screwed up. So what is the purpose? What, are the, what, what could they possibly be hiding? They're not hiding that they screwed up. So what are they hiding? Yeah, the great question. Uh, here are some possibilities. One, how many uh, tens upon tens of thousands of foreign citizens they allowed on the voter rolls in Pennsylvania? That's number one possibility. Number two, how many thousands upon thousands of votes did these foreign nationals cast in Pennsylvania Supreme Court elections, Pennsylvania Senate elections, Pittsburgh mayor elections over the last 25 years. That's the second thing they might be hiding. Who, the third thing, who are they paying to fix this problem? You know when it comes to Harrisburg, who gets paid is half the story. And so who did they pay to go in and mop up the mess? We don't know who profited, who profited from the taxpayer dollars to fix the mess they won't tell us was it a democrat party person was it you know uh tommy mastronino from Jeanette? we don't know we don't know who it is so fourthly uh how bad was the problem and whose fault was it that's the other thing they're hiding these are all things four things the taxpayers of pennsylvania deserve to know the answers for but um what what reason are they giving for not – have they come up with a reason yeah. for, for not giving you the information? Yeah, because they had attorneys do it all. That's their reason. There's no moral reason why they're, they're doing it. There's no good government reason why they're hiding the information. The only reason they offer is because we set up a system where the attorneys managed everything, and therefore we don't have to tell you. That's their ethical – that, that's their ethical position that they're staking out, is because they had an attorney manage this, then they can hide it from the taxpayers. We're talking to Jay Christian Adams. He's president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. So um, you also, uh, I also saw a story that the, these illegal aliens, uh, it's not a good thing for them to be registered to vote. And whether they knew it or not, they were registered. They may not even have read the fine print when they were applying for a driver's license, which they shouldn't have either, by the way. That, I guess that's another story. But um, if they were illegal aliens, or, or, or were they illegal or just not citizens or both? Both. And that's part of the story, John, is it hurts these guys, right? Look, if you're from uh, uh, Germany on a student visa – or if you're on an HB1 visa from India working in the tech sector in Pittsburgh and you come here and they register you to vote, then they're jeopardizing your immigration status, right? If, 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 if you get registered by PennDOT to vote, then you're making it more, uh, more likely and frankly likely that you're going to get deported from this country because you committed a federal felony by registering to vote. And so there's victims here that aren't just the system, that isn't just election integrity. The other victims are the immigrants themselves that got accidentally registered by PennDOT. So this is, that's why this is so important to be transparent. When government screws up this badly, like PennDOT and Pennsylvania did for so long, then the public deserves to know why this happened. The public deserves to know how their money's being spent to clean up the mess. The public deserves to know who the bureaucrats were that screwed up. And, and that's why it's outrageous that they're hiding this information. Well, we have a, a, um, um, a Democrat governor now, and we're going to have a Democrat Senate uh, uh, and, uh, I'm sorry, a Democrat House in, in Harrisburg. The Republicans still have the Senate. How much of this would they be able to get away with if there had been Republicans in charge all three places? Well, they couldn't. It, in fact, if Josh Shapiro had not won that election, we would get to the bottom of this. Now, I will say this. Governor Shapiro has, has staked his uh, brand on getting to the bottom of hidden 
hidden crimes, hidden controversies. Like he, he, you know, he went after the Catholic Church so aggressively. Maybe he'll go after the bureaucracy just as aggressively and reveal to the public, you know, issue a grand jury report about who's been letting foreigners vote in Pennsylvania for the last 25 years. Maybe Governor Shapiro should take some of that zeal that he had to go after the Catholic Church and turn it on the bureaucrats in Harrisburg to explain why aliens from other countries were allowed to participate in Pennsylvania elections. Well, he was the attorney general, so it was happening under his nose, wasn't it? Well, he sure was defending the case under his nose, although he hired outside counsel. Uh, But yeah, I mean... but now that he's governor and he appoints the secretary of the Commonwealth, maybe he can take that zeal that he's exhibited to getting to the truth and reveal that to Pennsylvania taxpayers. And so um, as, a, as someone who does this for a living, investigates what's going on with elections and voter registration and all that stuff, what do you think would be found if this stuff were, if a light were to shine on this? Well, I've been looking at Pennsylvania for many, many years, not just litigating this issue, but looking at records in Allegheny County and Philadelphia. Here's what I think we'd find out. that We would find out probably somewhere between 50 and 60,000 non-citizens got on the rolls in Pennsylvania since 1995, and that they've been voting in Pennsylvania elections, and Pennsylvania has so many tie elections that they almost certainly made a difference in many of these elections, just you Google tie elections Pennsylvania or, or go to our, our website where we detail all this, at publicinterestlegal.org, all the tie elections in Pennsylvania. And we would find that a bunch of PennDOT employees screwed up and that they're paying somebody a ton of money with your taxpayer dollars to mop up the mess, but hiding everything about the mop up. They're hiding the records. They're hiding who's doing the cleanup. They're hiding everything, and you're paying for it with dirty elections. We're talking to Jay Christian Adams, president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. So where's the lawsuit now, Christian? And what, what, well, what should, we, we, should we expect? We have won what's called summary judgment. The lawyers listening will know what I mean, but it means we won the case sort of automatically without a trial. And so now the Pennsylvania government has to turn over these records, and they're screaming and wailing and gnashing teeth uh, over the turnover. And, and they're like, oh, we can't turn over this because we had lawyers doing it, right? So where it stands now is uh, they owe an apology to the taxpayers, in my mind, uh, and they owe us all the time and trouble we spent to get the truth, or at least as much of the truth as we can. And they own, ultimately, they owe the, the citizens of that state the truth. I mean, that's the bottom line here, is they need to tell the truth about what happened. It's still mind-boggling to me that that they know that they screwed up, and they know that you know, and now they know that I know, and now that they now they know a lot of the taxpayers know that they screwed up, but they they're just blatantly refusing to show the results of the screw up. Listen, we had a, an op-ed, John. Everybody ought to read in yesterday or Monday's Post Gazette. That's how bad it is that our uh, op-eds are in the Post Gazette talking about this case, uh, you know, and, and so transparency ought to matter in Pennsylvania. You know, this is in 1935, okay? This is not, you know, not the good old days. It matters to tell the truth. Uh, it, this is a serious issue. When the Post-Gazette covers this uh, in an, on the op-ed pages, this is not some, you know, right-wing conspiracy. This is, this is a good government issue, and it's time that Josh Shapiro and his new administration set the tone that the truth matters, whether it's the Catholic Church or whether it's how we run our elections. Uh, and so uh, i got to ask you, Christian, since you spend um, a lot of your life looking into this stuff, um, what do you think when you hear about people in uh, Washington, D.C., wanting uh, um, non-citizens to vote there and, and in other places around the country? It seems to be becoming kind of a popular notion among the Democrats. Yeah, thank goodness it hasn't the, the, the reached Pennsylvania yet. I think Pennsylvania has too much common sense to entertain the idea of a foreign citizen from China uh, visiting here and voting in a, a Pittsburgh mayor election. I think that uh, most normal people don't want foreigners who have allegiances to other countries voting for American leaders. Yeah, I uh, I have a 
the theme that I've uh, uh, actually stolen from uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders when she uh, did the uh, the rebuttal to Joe Biden's State of the Union a month or so ago. And she said, I, it just jumped out of the screen at me when she said it. She said, it's no longer about Democrats and Republicans or liberals and conservatives. It's normal or crazy. And yeah. I... I think that the Republicans should actually use that, and I'm 100% serious. That should be everywhere. Uh, where they, when they run an ad, at the end of the ad, they could super those two, those three words up on the screen, and just say "vote normal" in in November in 2024. And this would be an example of it. Uh, it's just, it's absolutely crazy to suggest that people who are not citizens. It's, I mean, any more than I should be allowed to vote. I live in Washington County. I shouldn't be allowed to vote for the Allegheny County Commissioner. It's just unbelievably stupid. But it's out there, and it's crazy. And how do you how are you going to put an end to it? Well, I think you're right in in the sense that most normal Americans uh, think it's outra- outrageous that a you know somebody from Uruguay or uh, Bangladesh can vote it for Pittsburgh mayor. And then go back to Uruguay and Bangladesh. That's what they're proposing. Yeah. But you got to understand, John, and a lot of your listeners know this, that they, they don't view it as normal or crazy. They look at it as normal or new, deconstructive, bold new America that they want, where all the crazy stuff you and I know is crazy. They want to normalize, and they want to fundamentally transform everything about America uh, to this radical, radical approach. And I'm with you. Most people don't agree with it. Most people are normal. Uh, you know, the, the Pittsburgh I grew up in, uh, you know, I don't live there anymore, of course. I'm in D.C., but the Pittsburgh I grew up in was filled with common sense. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't like that. They don't like places like mainstream America, and that's why they want foreigners voting in American elections. I, have, I hear people saying that it doesn't matter who runs for the Republicans, uh, in, uh, as, a re- as a Republican in 2024, if, they, if, they, if there are still four or five states that are rigged, what do you think about someone who thinks that right now? Thinking that well, they are rigged it. and there's, they were rigged and they're going to stay rigged. Well, rigged, you know, that's a loaded word. Yeah. It, it means lots of different things to different people. But I can tell you that uh, one of those states, the four or five, includes the one you're in right now. Uh-huh. I mean, it's... It, it's a situation where, uh, you know, you've got all kinds of issues uh, and not many solutions. But listen, you can't give up. I mean, uh, uh, just the history is full of quitters, and they always uh, that's another way of saying losers. Mm-hmm. So you have to fight till the end and, and do everything you can to make it work. Well, we'll see. And as I said when I uh, introduced you here, I have a serious doubts about who won Pennsylvania in 2020, and I have serious doubts about them being able to make it on the up and up two years from now. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, Je- uh, Christian, always good to have you on. Thanks. Thanks, John. Take care. Okay. That's Christian Adams, president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. We'll be right back. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. 
He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE and your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. <clears throat> well, I uh, hope you uh, enjoyed today. I only have about a minute left here, and uh, I just want to go back to uh, Jay Bhattacharya, who we had on our f- uh, first segment. Um, he I looked up the the date when we had him on, and I was shocked to see that it was March 26th, 2020. That's three years ago, and as if you missed the early part of the show, today's the anniversary of um, Dr. Fauci and Dr. whatever, what was her name, Burke Birch, the one with the scarf. Um, you have to see, uh, say it again, you have to see the video. They are giggling. And Dr. Fauci comes in waving a piece of paper, and he says, if you look at the fine print, You'll see that there's no gatherings in movie theaters. And, and his, his nauseating voice, those were the early days of having to look at that little weasel. And he's giggling about it. And here he is three years later, and he's still out there trying to tell people that the, the virus was uh, came from a bat. And he had nothing to do with the gain of function going on over there. He's, and, and Jay said he's going to be uh, – history's going to judge him as being wrong about everything. I think it's going to judge him as being evil. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.